0: For more than 125 years, the Tucson Metro Chamber has been the voice of business. This year, the Chamber is focused on showcasing candidates that not only understand the needs of business, but will also work to introduce and support local policies that address and solve challenges businesses face. The Chamber's Candidate Evaluation Committee interviewed candidates running for Tucson Mayor and City Council on their thoughts and perspectives on issues important to the Chamber membership and creating a pro-business environment. Our Candidate Evaluation Committee, made up of business owners, executives, major employers, and community partners, crafted five questions focusing on key business issues. We invite you to visit our Candidate Evaluation page on our website at tucsonchamber.org Review the scorecard, listen to the interviews, read the questionnaires submitted by many of the candidates, and share with your colleagues and your neighbors who you think will support a pro-business environment in Tucson. On this episode, our Candidate Evaluation Committee interviews Janet J.L. Wittenbreaker, a Republican running for mayor of the city of Tucson.
1: Please
2: tell us your name and the office you're running
1: for. (laughs) <laughs> that's the softball one. Huh? <laughs> uh, my name is Janet Woodenbreaker, uh, my friends call me JL, uh, it's uh, the it's name I'm known by here in Tucson. I've been in Tucson for about 19 years and I came in 20, uh, 2020. no, 2003, 2003. <laughs> sorry that's hard to say when it's 2023. Um, and um, I have been a happy Tucsonian since until about recently when I've seen our city start to fail and that's why I decided to run for mayor.
2: Briefly describe your educational and professional backgrounds and how they have prepared you to serve.
1: Well um, I have an undergraduate degree in legal excuse me liberal studies from Arizona State University I also have a master's in legal studies from Sandra Day O'Connor College of Law. I am a subcontracts administrator. Uh, Prior to that, I've been with, um, (coughs) excuse me, my current employer for about a year now, and that employer is Lidos. they're here in town, but I actually work out of the Virginia office. Um, Prior to that, I was with Raytheon as a contracts administrator. I work in both, both these positions, I deal heavily in government regulation. Prior to that, I was the executive assistant in the city manager's office under Richard Miranda. Um, that's where I I, I joke that I, I learned how the sausage was made, but I did. And that's where I learned how our constituents, how our policies and our ordinances have good and bad effects on our constituents and um, I'll tell you from that point on, I sort of internalized and complained loudly and because I realized that our city government needs to serve at the consent of our constituents and sometimes we lose sight of that. And uh, that, in my opinion, is my most valuable experience in speaking to constituents. I was the one, by the way, the city manager doesn't go out and speak to the constituents. It was me. And I heard a great deal of stories, st- stories that touched me and, and also inspire me as well. Um, but in general, people don't go to the city manager's office when they're happy. They go because they have a problem that needs to be addressed. And it's not always for the city to address all those problems but certainly to be of assistance whenever possible. Uh, Prior to that, and I'll I'll just give you a quick synopsis, we only have 25 minutes and it's a long life that I've lived, but uh, prior to that I was a fire inspector. Uh, I decided to change careers after losing my hard hat about 18 stories up. Uh, That's when I uh, decided to finish up my bachelor's degree and then I went straight into getting my master's.
2: Describe your vision for the city of Tucson and the office you're running for.
1: Uh, With the city of Tucson, I envision a safer Tucson. But most importantly, a government that serves their constituents. And that's why I'm entering into city government. Uh, It is our duty to serve our constituents. And again, at the consent of those constituents, um, I, I have been I've spoken to a number of people, and they have heard of collecting signatures, and many of those people have voiced concerns about our crime, which is very high here in Tucson, and also the homelessness, and also our roads. Oftentimes, roads come up more than anything else, and uh, I, I, I do. Um, well, on my next speech, I'm going to record the way it sounds in my car as I'm driving down some of these roads. Um, the, the former two, crime and homelessness, I believe we can address by becoming a business-friendly community. And uh, that is what I envision for Tucson. I also believe business-friendly means protecting its constituents as well as uh, making Tucson attractive.
2: Public safety and issues around crime, homelessness, and the fentanyl crisis are major concerns that we hear frequently from chamber members. Do you think that the city is currently doing enough, or does the city need to be more involved in addressing these issues? And if the city is not doing enough, what more should the city specifically be doing?
1: The city is not doing enough. And part of that has to do with providing adequate funding to our public safety officers. Uh, And also, um, although I I believe their intentions were well intended, uh, free fares is not helping the crime situation or the homeless situation. And it's uh, actually, if you speak to many of the law enforcement officers, they'll tell you, it's a vehicle to get away from crime situations. Um, uh, That is an example of where we've allocated city budget to a service that is not necessarily required as part of our city charter, whereas public safety is. And we need to pull back funds adequately staff our police department and don't get me wrong this will be no easy task at all it will be expensive and it will take years to replenish our police department and our, our public safety when i say public safety obviously that includes fires but right now we don't have fires on every corner, but we have people in our communities that a large majority have been affected by crime. I know I have personally had my car burglarized and my bike stolen out of my garage. And, um, and so fire is important. As a previous fire inspector, I do believe it's important, but we need to staff our police and we need to staff our 911 operators. And we need to give them a reprieval by providing training. Imagine picking up the phone and having someone on the other end dying or hysterical. And um, maybe some of you can, maybe some of you can't, but I can tell you I've called 911 and have not gotten an answer because of staffing shortages. So that's where I would focus um, my energy.
2: In your opinion, how does the Planning and Development Services Department play a role in economic development and Tucson's ability to attract and retain businesses and employers? What are you hearing about the state of PDSD right now?
1: Um, I have not heard anything from uh, the general population in terms of, you know, being their major issue of concern. Now I have heard from people in the trades that see it difficult, believe it difficult to get their permits processed in time. Um, I was also clued into there being a problem based on the questionnaires from your organization as well as another organization here in town. Um, I don't know what the root cause is, and um, I tell us and just because I decided to run for mayor, it doesn't mean I am handed a handbook that tells me all of the secrets on how to run the city government. But there is an inherent problem if there's a perception, right? And that perception, again permitting, and and separate from the Planning Development Services department, um, business licenses, I have heard, have been a problem as well. Um, In my opinion, is you address uh, failures in department by staffing up those departments and building up those departments. And what I mean by that is by empowering the employees giving them the education and the tools they need so that they are well aware of the zoning laws and, can qu- and construction laws and et cetera and can quickly permit and uh, for building projects. Now, away from Planning and Service Department. I'm not sure about our business licenses. I'd have to look into at that. And that's what you do the first year is becoming an official or at least I, I hope that is the case. You educate yourself. You don't just come in. Our, our government isn't set up as a monarchy or a dictatorship. You come in, you talk to your people, and you get their ideas. But you talk to the people at every level, every employee, not just the directors, especially if their department's failing, because I'm pretty sure whatever they have to add to that um, might not be beneficial. So I would inquire first. But I guarantee we'll bring more businesses to Tucson if we, in fact, clean up our city, make our city safer, make our roads better. And if we bring more businesses to Tucson, we can pull people out of poverty. And we can also work with our school districts to make sure people are skilled in trades.
2: What do you perceive to be the three biggest challenges and issues facing the business community? and if elected, how do you plan to keep a pulse on the issues that businesses are facing?
1: One, securing enough quality staff. Uh, We have many undereducated people here in Tucson and not everyone is cut out for college. Um, I'll even go far as far to say sometimes we overvalue a college education. Uh, People are very capable of doing the job and doing the job right. Um, So we work with um, so that's number one excuse me. the appearance of Tucson is also a problem. Uh, in my part of town anywhere I go, there is a homeless person on the median on, the, on, the, on every corner and I understand they have a constitutional right to be there and I don't I don't know if you're informed. I'm informed there is an ordinance that prohibits any kind of solicitation near vehicular traffic. Um, but, uh, there are legal actions taking place trying to, uh, prevent cities from doing that because it's an infringement of those people's First Amendment rights. Um, so how do we get, we have to get these people help, but not at the expense of the taxpayer. I want to be clear about that. Tucsonians are very generous and I believe honestly if we can get tax dollars put back in their pockets, they will step up and help our organizations that we have here in Tucson to help people who are struggling with many situations. Many, I won't go into the details, but as you know, homelessness is multifaceted. And then, uh, believe it or not, our our roads are a detraction for sure. Uh, On top of everything else I said about our, our business unfriendly, Sort of reputation, at a minimum, we'll call it a reputation. Uh, I'd love to see Hollywood come back to Tucson. Uh, Funny story: (laughs) my boyfriend is a a native Tucsonian, and the first thing a native Tucsonian ever tells you is that they're a native Tucsonian, followed by what high school they went to, right? And but he worked as a caterer in the DoubleTree Hotel when the DoubleTree Hotel was, you know the big glam spot. And the the Hollywood stars that would come to Tucson. And that's something, our businesses are important to us, but our tourists are very important to us. And we're gonna lose our tourist industry if we don't clean up Tucson, if we don't get a handle on this. My sister was just out here and she had always planned on retiring to Tucson. Um, uh, She's my twin, but she's much older than me. And she, uh, she said to me, uh, there's no way that she will ever move to Tucson. And it was always the plan. Every two years we come out, we go house shopping. And she said that the last time we were here, and the last time we were in downtown, it was in the middle of the afternoon. And it was, it was actually a little frightening to be down here.
0: The mayor is a big leadership role. How would you describe yourself as a leader and your ability to collaborate, motivate, and hold others accountable?
1: Um, Besides from my professional career where I, I am a leader in my organization, I also serve on our ERG uh, with Lidos. It is um, A4 with Raytheon. It was RADA. It is geared towards diverse abilities, highlighting our diverse abilities. In each of those roles, I've held a director position. So I'm not, um, sh- uh, I'm not unfamiliar with being a leader in an organization. The best asset I have is listening is listening. I didn't learn how to do contracts yesterday. I may have a master's degree in legal studies, but it's a master's degree in legal studies. It doesn't tell you how to read government uh, regulation. Doesn't tell you how to negotiate a contract. Okay, I had one class on negotiations. No, (laughs) you can't teach negotiations when you're being stared down by some government official that's trying to get you to bend on your price. All those things I learned by watching and listening. And as I have already stated, in the first year you have to educate yourself and talk to other leaders as well in their communities.
0: The city attorney is an appointed role and the county attorney is elected. In terms of dealing with crime and homelessness, a lot of it has something to do with catch and release. How would you hold the city attorney and the county attorney accountable in the long run?
1: Well, the city attorney is easy, right? And especially, it's made easier if people within my political party are also elected to office in the council seats, right? Because then you have the power of uh, ending, terminating their employment, their appointment with this city. Uh, the county will be a challenge, right? The, the county and the city don't always play well together anyhow, and as a matter of fact, uh, Back in the day, when I was in the city manager's office, a very lengthy letter would be sent over from the county administrator, at which point another very lengthy letter was sent back in rebuttal of that. So that's a tough situation. Um, The voters have to change that. The voters are the ones that have control. But over the city attorney and city judges, the city does have control. And again, educating myself. What is the caseload like? What is the turn? What is the um, number of prosecutions being held? And then I can better answer that question.
0: When it comes to the police department, my understanding is that they are waiting on more police officers. If funding was not an issue, how would you go about recruiting intentionally?
1: Yeah, that sure would be hard, right? And um, if you're not aware, it takes about a year to get 60 new recruits through the academy, and then some get farmed out and et cetera. Um, We have Maker City, um, one, pay. Pay always works. Uh, No lie, I left my previous employer for my new employer because they pay me more. So pay is a, a great incentive. I heard morale was a horrible issue with the previous chief of police, but I hear morale is improving and morale means the light. And the other thing is, again, goes back to the catch and release. You cannot continue to beat down our officers. They cannot continue to be completing their paperwork and seeing the person walk down the street. Um, That has to be dealt with, but only the experts in that industry, the chief of police, can tell me how to do that.
0: Could you elaborate a bit more on addressing the homeless crisis not at the expense of taxpayers?
1: Yeah, um currently the city is diverting dollars to the Housing First program. That's not a program I support and it's one because it hasn't been it hasn't been proven successful. I believe there is only one city that was successful and I think it was Rhode Island, small small destination, but please don't quote me on that. Um, and that's what I mean by not at the expense of Tucson taxpayers. The city of Tucson already distributes funds to these nonprofits to help in assisting and keeping them open. Um, homelessness again is multifaceted and it's gonna require a village to deal with our situation. Our weather is attractive in the most part and the summer can get a bit rough here and it can get cold here. But general, generally speaking, it's not Minnesota, right? And so what I mean by not at taxpayer expense is exactly that. The city, is, it is not part of the city's responsibility to fund homeless housing. It is just not. And if we return those funds to our taxpayers, then those taxpayers can make the choice on how they choose to invest their, their monies.
0: If the fairy godmother of city government gave you the power to address one major issue that affects the city's economic health, what issue would you address?
1: So, a city government fairy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very specific, not a, not a magic, super magic. Because the easy answer would be, well, I'd get rid of all the homeless, right? But that's not the case. What the. We're in the city, if it were a city government fairy, that can do anything, I would go back to educating children at a young age on the value of a crime-free life, interventions, community involvement as well. Um, Now I grew up on Nancy Reagan. Some people say that didn't work. Hey, I've never used drugs a day of my life. Uh, I don't know that I'd go with just say no, because it might be a copyright thing but um, I think we can get in the classrooms and start educating our children early and also on the importance of finishing school. Again, we're hugely undereducated in this community and the folks who graduate from the university, they're not sticking around. Thank you. Thank you. I
2: think we're all set, thank you. It was a very quick
1: 25 minutes. Yeah, for you. <laughs> <laughs> You were all very nice. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it.
2: And thank you once again for stepping up to really serve our community. We really appreciate it and, uh, and for being here with us today.
1: Well, yeah, thank you. And you saved me enough time to go have a nice, refreshing drink before the mayor and council meeting. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah,
0: thank you so much, JL. Thank you.